Welcome to The Pharmacy Benefit, a podcast that highlights the role of PBMs in serving millions of patients and consumers throughout the country. I'm Claire Wolfen-Yorick sitting in for J.C. Scott. Because issues surrounding the equitable distribution of the COVID-19 vaccine rollout are so timely and deeply important, we want to make sure we're giving them the attention and focus they deserve. That's why we're going to continue our conversation today with two guests working very closely on issues of healthcare disparities and vaccine access. Joining me are Dr. Elena Rios, President and CEO of the National Hispanic Medical Association, and Dr. Sri Chagatura, Senior Vice President and Chief Medical Officer at CVS Caremark. We encourage our listeners, if you haven't done so yet, to go back and listen to our last episode. For now, let's continue. Elena, through NHMA's work, including the Vaccinate for All campaign, you mentioned trusted messengers in particular, and you mentioned this concept of um, of all families should be vaccinated and going to the vaccination sites together. Um, do the themes that Sri has shared resonate with what you've heard and what you've been hearing? And, and how can we double down on some of this, this really effective messaging? Yes, I have to agree with Sri. I, I think the importance of being transparent about the Vaccine development. People know that we fast-tracked these vaccines. Project Warp Speed was all over the media. What people don't realize is how much clinical studies were done, how many 40,000 people from Pfizer, 40,000 people from Moderna, and 95% effectiveness. You know, that outstanding metrics, and people have to understand there were no deaths And there was oversampling of the populations that have the health equity issues, the Blacks and Hispanics and Native Americans. And I do think that safety, efficacy is very, very important to convince people that these new vaccines can take care of this new virus. It's just everybody thinks it's new. It's just. And uh, I also think the other important concept that people don't hear enough of is that it's free. It's a free vaccine. And also that it that there will be more and everybody's going to get vaccinated. You know, all adults right now are going to get vaccinated. It's just a matter of waiting to, you know, your turn for an appointment, knowing that the vaccine is only good for so many hours. So there has to be an appointment process. So let's turn to some of those practical barriers, right? We've we have used this really effective messaging to help build confidence and trust understanding in the vaccine, but still, and Elena, you articulated these so so well, we still have other barriers, including technology that have particular ramifications for underserved communities. What, what can we do to help address those barriers? Well, one, one thing is uh, everybody has cell phones. And I think that uh, phone calls and Text messages would work a lot more than having web having to go to websites that are complicated and, uh, you know, where you need a big screen to, to find all the buttons. The other thing I think for the Hispanic community is there is a fear of immigration still, especially because of the um, public charge uh, law that was put, or I guess it was not a law, but the public charge was changed so that many, many people that even had green cards were feeling that they were going to get deported because of the public charge change that said that if you were using Medicaid or housing vouchers or even food stamps, the SNAP program, 
that you might be considered a public charge and that you would be deported, even for people that have been paying taxes and working here for years. So let alone the U.S.-Mexico border on the news and, and having more problems that have to be dealt with by the new administration, I think that people are still fearful that immigration is a front and center issue. And in some places where there is you know, less sensitivity to people, there is more fear. So I think to, to get rid of that is, again, is the, the messages have to be that there's a very much a privacy issue when the pharmacies and, and the places of, of, of vaccination sites and the people that are, are trained to be able to get just basic information to follow the patient, make sure they get their second dose if they're getting a two-dose vaccine and uh, that there won't be any problems with privacy or trust in terms of that, in terms of being deported. And I guess the other issue is language and having people uh, at vaccination sites be aware of people with different languages. But I think that in the public health world, there's always been uh, a focus on access to the poor. And hopefully we'll learn from that as we move into all these different places to get vaccines, the mobile clinics, the pharmacies, the the mega clinics put up by FEMA. And I know that there's a lot more emphasis right now on getting getting more jobs for community health workers, not just the clinicians, but for people within the, the public health arena to be able to give vaccines and, and help with expanding the, the success of the effort to get people more people vaccinated faster. Shri, similarly, you mentioned the ongoing research that CVS has been conducting, the surveys. You've done multiple variations of these, and no doubt you're learning more with each round. Um, And of course, we've got a a changing uh, population to be vaccinated, right? Where we're reaching certain communities and not others, as you said so well early on, that less than 20% of those that have been vaccinated are from our underrepresented minority communities. How are PBMs, plan sponsors, and others evolving their own outreach and support approaches to meet the the next community that we haven't yet reached? Ongoing data collection, and by data collection, it's looking at internal PBM data and understanding who's been vaccinated, helping plan sponsors to understand uptake rates, being able to support plan sponsors, help plan employers with the appropriate messaging that they can use to help educate their own members. These are all critical pieces that PBMs can play. At CVS Caremark, we'll continue to do our ongoing surveys to understand the changing trends. And even earlier in this conversation, I talked about how rapidly sentiment has changed in three, four short months. And we'll continue to see that changing over time. So this is important to have a trusted partner for plan sponsors in being able to navigate this rapidly changing environment. We also talked about the importance of understanding safety and efficacy. And PBMs are very closely monitoring drug pipelines as a rigor of what they do. And so our ability to look at clinical data And at CVS Caremark, we have spent a significant amount of time working with the manufacturers to understand the clinical trials and the implications for plan sponsors in what the different trials demonstrate, which to Dr. Rio's point, are 
all uniformly showing safe and effective. And in addition to that, we are seeing real world evidence. So we had 40,000 people that were in these trials, 40 to 50,000. We now have 15 plus million people who've been vaccinated in this country and millions more across the globe. So we're seeing this not only in trials, but in real world evidence and being able to help plan sponsors in that storytelling is really important as well. We're learning so much. Um, I think Elena and Shri, we've both shared this. We're learning as we embark on these campaigns and these outreach initiatives, as we talk with individuals and families about their vaccination experiences and pre-vaccine, what their concerns are. I'm curious, Elena, what what is increasingly top of mind for you as we look at what we know, what we're learning, what has been done, uh, what can be done? You mentioned the public charge rule and how that's been rescinded. And that's, that's been a helpful step in addressing some of those concerns. What more do you think can and should be done, whether through uh, public policy or just practical on the ground public health efforts? Well, I think the importance of clinicians working together in interdisciplinary approach, and also I think our students, medical students, pharmacy students, nursing students, you know, we have a a wealth of excitement about COVID-19. This We're living through history as clinicians, and uh, I do think that helping with the vaccine effort is important, whether it's students or clinicians or our community uh, health workers just helping to get the patients to the pharmacies or or to the uh, uh, on-site vaccination where they can get vaccine vaccinated. So I think that's in a, in other words more local community approaches. And I would hope that the Biden administration understands the importance of of having more jobs uh, created at the local levels that I think are important to expand the public health infrastructure that we have not paid attention to for for decades. Public health clinics have been closed down and public health has remained pretty much just a surveillance institution, whereas the pharmacies have taken over. And and I think, you know, we're talking about CVS here and I think it's important to know that CVS has done a great job with educating people. Pharmacies actually get trained, pharmacists get trained to talk to to the patients. And I think more patients welcome that having more local out of the doctor's office exchange of lifestyle information, nutrition, and being able to have a better quality of life. I think everybody wants that, but but some of our communities that are, you know, they're so busy working a couple of jobs and taking care of all their children, they, they don't have time to take care of themselves. And so I think that the whole mindset needs to change that health is in the community. To be healthy, you have to be better able to care for yourself and get information about health in in the community, in the pharmacy or in the gym, in the uh, schools for families to learn from their kids at school. I think that's what we're going to see. And uh, I think that's what's really needed. Giving vaccinations is really a teaching moment for these families. We certainly are. We are, are seeing just how essential our public health infrastructure is um, and, and of course, local partnerships as well. Uh, Shri, similar question to you. What is increasingly top of mind for you as we look at what we've learned and what's to come, particularly as we address some of these health disparities that have really become, they were always there, of course, but they've become so much more visible uh, and wonderfully so 
now we can take action on them uh, in a more meaningful way. What is what is really top of mind for you as we look forward based on what we've learned and seen to date? Healthcare is increasingly becoming local. And I think Dr. Rios very well articulated out the need for us to have access points to healthcare locally. And as we think about CVS Health's footprint, you know, we have nearly 10,000 retail locations of which 85% of the population is within 10 miles of a CVS pharmacy. When we look at where those pharmacies are located, they are equally distributed across CDC social vulnerability index. So we see an even split by quartile. And then what's important is that the workforce is a diverse workforce. And what our pharmacists and pharmacy technicians, 40% of our pharmacists are people of color, over 50% of pharmacy technicians are people of color, largely from the neighborhoods that they're working in. And so that's important to be located in the community and people who are from the community working in those locations that can understand the needs. And so we have, over the course of the pandemic, have recognized new ways of having to deliver care and to be able to provide benefit continuity for individuals given the disruption in traditional ways of providing care. So if we think about the specific roles of PBMs, it's been to promote mail, to promote 90-day fills of chronic disease medications at CVS and to maintain the drug supply chain at CVS Caremark early on the pandemic. We made a number of changes on to ensure that continuity of care. And then moving forward, it's how do we make sure we take those lessons about providing continuity of care for chronic disease management, so beyond COVID, but also ensuring that knowing that the pandemic is unfortunately far from over and looks like we will have continued community transmission for months and maybe years to come, at least through 2021 and well into 2022, ensuring coverage and accessibility to testing and vaccines will continue to be important. There's a lot of lessons learned here, Claire, and I think it will be tragic if what we have just gone through is not a charge for all of us to learn and be better and to make sure that that excellence we talked about at the top of this call is available to all. I think we have we have really talked through so many essential questions and issues, but there's much more that we could discuss and spend time on, but we will We'll wrap it there for today. Um, I just want to thank you both so much, uh, Elena and Shri, for your time today. Um, and of course, as a reminder to all of our listeners, to find out more about what PBMs are doing to help Americans get vaccinated, please visit pcmanet.org. We'll also post the links to the Vaccinate for All campaign that Elena mentioned in the show notes, as well as links to the CVS analyses so that you have those resources to support your own work. And of course, thank you all for listening. I encourage you to subscribe to The Pharmacy Benefit and download all of our podcast episodes. You can do that on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. I'm Claire Wolf-Vignarek. Thanks for joining me. Mm-hmm.